0: Hello and welcome to the L&D Forecast podcast. A show about learning and development and training and performance and people and maybe even the future. I'm your host, Emily Sheets. Hello. Hey Kate. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Oh my god, I'm so good. <laughs> What's I feel, going on?
1: I um, I heard the little doo-doo, and it reminded me of when I listened to Reply All, the podcast on my nightly walks with the dog, and I was like,
0: I've made it in life. I am here now. <laughs> and here I am. And here I am.
1: Starring <laughs> more Rose from Schitt's Creek.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm wearing this big oversized hoodie right now, and um, like giant. And when Steph came downstairs, I was like, it's called fashion, sweetie. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> and she died. She was so tired, but she died.
1: Um, it's like, what's the guy's name from Schitt's Creek? It's da- David.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of that in our household. So.
1: That's beautiful.
0: So we are recording, but just so you know, I'll edit out anything that we don't like.
1: Probably all, all the times all I All of it.
0: All right. <laughs> we'll we need to keep this ninety five percent of this. <laughs> we'll be left with three minutes of yeah. valid, valid content, yeah. and then that's it. So, welcome to the L and D Forecast Podcast, Kate Loesch. Uh, the way that we'll do this mm-hmm. credentials. So we'll talk about your background, L and D. What have you done? interesting projects that you have and what's the forecast what are you looking at you know in the next year five years ten years whatever so do you want to start tell me a little bit about you
1: oh I feel like I'm on a job interview
0: (laughs) you are I am but you're not we're gonna keep this casual so if you're like oh my god my credentials are like knitting and rock climbing it's like okay let's go with that you know yes so
1: I, um, I, I I, always tell people the story, but like, I'm going to explain it further with you. Like, I went to college to become a high school English teacher. Um, in, in reality, I actually applied to become a high school math teacher, which <laughs> was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life, because then I had to go to a calculus course. And literally the first day, I was like, this ain't going to work. This is not going to work for me. I have no idea what this man is saying. And I just stopped going to class. So like my freshman (laughs) year, first semester, I almost failed out because I was like, I cannot even. And like when you're a freshman, you don't know if you can, what you can do because you went to high school where you have to take the classes. So like, I wish someone was like, hey, hey, girl, you don't seem to be doing well. You should probably drop out of this course right now. Um, So I, I did really, really, really well in my writing class. So I was like, you know what, let me just switch my um, half major to be English education. And so I did that and I did really well. I loved reading. I loved my professors. Um, I loved the way they taught and how they made things just really interesting when it was about a poem, about a dumb boat that nobody cared about. And I just remember like some of my professors, like one of the guys, he would get up on the desks and like act like a stripper and somehow it related to the poem that we were all reading and it was just so fascinating so I thought I would be the next uh Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society with (laughs) high school kids until I went to my student teaching and realized no the high school kids are monsters and (laughs) I have no patience to be in a classroom room with them. Um, so for a while, I really had no idea what I was doing. I then became a document control specialist at this pharma company that I worked at for a while, which led me to become the trainer there because they saw, oh, you have an education background. Boom, perfect. We need one person to do the trainings. This is now you. So that kind of started it. I never really received any formal training until my manager showed up. And which was odd. I still had to interview with her as if I didn't already have the job. She had to decide if she wanted to keep me or not, but thankfully she did. And um, with her, I learned a whole lot about how the brain works for adults, how Addy works, how um, we need to design and deliver things specifically with adults in mind that we can't just talk at them. So I was really lucky that when I was 23, I learned so much from this L&D professional I I really appreciate her and every so often I just text her and I'm just like thank you so much for everything you did because I'm at I'm where I'm at now every time like a promotion happens or I get a raise I send her a text message because I know that I wouldn't be where I was without her Um, but yeah that's it started there I moved up really quickly mostly because there was nobody else working in the training department there but me and her And um, at one point I just felt like I outgrew it and I took a couple ATD courses and I learned a lot and I was just starting to get bored. So I casually was looking for another job, just looking around. And then I saw one of the Indigo bikes. Do you know what those are? Yeah. Yeah. They're all over there. Philadelphia. Yeah. So I saw one of them and then that night I went on Indeed or... I don't think Monster was around anymore, but I went on the job searching websites and I saw IBC was looking for a trainer and I applied and I got the interview and I don't remember the interview at all, but here I am now. It's been three, four years, forever. I feel like I've been here forever in a good way, but that's where I met you, my friend. Yeah.
0: And now we're friends forever. Now,
1: yes. I'm L be
0: friends forever.
1: One day you aggressively came up to me, and you were like,
0: "We have to be best
1: friends and then like in inside, I was like, "I've been wanting this for a long time too, but then you were like you it seems like you know so much and i need to I need to talk to you about things and I was like, "Oh, she really doesn't want to be friends. she just wants to use me for my knowledge
0: That sounds like me yes. that sounds like me mm-hmm. uh-huh. so i was uh i was as I was listening to you talk about that you know it's I can't believe there's so many things that I didn't already know um but I one of the differences between you and I is that I never thought that I would be a high school English and or math teacher (laughs) and every so I was an English major and everybody that I told that was like oh my god like so you're gonna you're gonna be a teacher I'm like no (laughs) <laughs> They're like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know, but not that. Yes. <laughs> so it so it's well away. But it's so funny because, you know, you, you end up in L&D, but it's like, are they really comparable? I don't think so. You know, corporate learning and training is just like a totally different beast. I mean, you know, there, we share principles, uh, but it, yeah, no, it's just a different population.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the people I went to college with are complete introverts and I think most of them now if they're in the corporate world they are technical writers and Mm. they are absolutely killing it like one my one really good friend she is a technical writer and she just is very good at making things understandable to the reader to the audience whoever it is so sometimes I feel like because we have a English degree or a literature background um, it does give us the benefit of knowing who our audience is because we had to write papers specifically to professors and I, I don't know about you but we had like two or three professors that we had continuously in our college so if I was writing a paper for the one professor who really enjoyed like old school British things and was just very she wanted you to be creative so like I I made sure that I had to be super creative and not really worry about facts <laughs> about the paper mm. and just like make sure that I was um learning with it like I know I knew how to curve or curb my writing to her and then mm-hmm. I did it very differently for the one professor who enjoyed research papers, and loved when you made things creative based on all the facts you could possibly find. So I feel like because of that, we have a lot of people on our team who have English degrees. That just means that they're very good at meeting the audience where they are. They know Mm -hmm. who they're speaking to. They know how to write for them. And they just learned through years and years from what it seems like how to do that with the tools that they have for L&D.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think if you're in college or thinking about going to college and you're not sure what you want to do, go for English, right? Because it gives you such a foundation in whatever career you may want to pursue. I mean, I I really don't think that there's anything better um, to give you a set of tools that you need in order to be able to communicate, which is like the number one thing you need to be able to do. (laughs) You know, I mean, I find myself, you know. as simple as like writing an email like how do I get my point across how do I communicate this in a way how do I set my tone appropriately I mean all of that is learned over the course of of getting an English degree yeah you know and then take it a step further you know with the technical writing or you know just it's I mean literally you know learning is 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 really just like you know grabbing information from one place to another and if you're trying to facilitate that in any way like you're just a conduit of information. And it's like, how do I get, you know, this piece of information that lives over here into your brain, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, what I love about L&D and, 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 you know, really just learning in general is that there's so much room for how to make that happen, you know? And I think that's where the most interesting, you know, piece of our of our field lies is how do I get this information from point A to point B? There's so many different paths it could take now like the art of it comes in, you know? And um, you know, I get to use my uh my creativity in figuring out how to get this information to you um in a in a way that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. What I have found is watching our trainers or watching any trainer if I if I've been to a conference or like at the job I'm at right now, the trainers that made the best impressions were the one who i know and they just have to know this but i know that they understand how adults think
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're not just worried about oh i got to get this content out and my job's done at 4:30 today when mm-hmm. i'm done just spewing out this content the the best and w- most worthwhile trainings were with trainers who just spent who who still spend time worrying and thinking about, okay, I have this really large thing I want to get across. How do I communicate it to them to make sure that after they leave this class, they're going to remember that. And Mm -hmm. with our field too, like with our specific department and where we work, it's very technical. So Mm -hmm. how the heck are you going to (laughs) make technical things and that you just look up information and how are you going to have them remember that by the end of the day? A lot of that goes to the facilitation. And that's why I think that our facilitators have to be strong in communication, written, verbal, body language, mm. all of it before they can even really step foot in a classroom.
0: That's right. And also incredibly flexible. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you you have you know these sort of general principles for getting information across, but then you have different personality types and behavioral types and mm-hmm. people in all different you know uh age groups and i mean the it really is just the absolute broadest spectrum that you could possibly have in in an audience and so you know you have to be flexible with uh with the personality types with how you're transmitting information and also in the world we live in currently going completely online and facilitating virtually to people that have you know that check their email maybe once a year right (laughs) you know it's just you know or all the way to people that are you know regularly on social media and engaging with their devices you know several times a minute so you know you have to be prepared for all of those different cases and all of those different environments and you know the most successful people out there right now are just so adaptable to the constant changing needs of you know the participants so that,
1: that's a really like the flexibility is so important especially with mm-hmm. where we are right now with covid-19 and everything mm-hmm. is virtual it's just amazing to see like our coworkers or people possibly can and the ones that i'm confident of are the ones who have always been flexible like they're always the person who's like i got mm-hmm. it Not even worried about it. And I I knew that instinctively they truly had it because they've never let themselves down. Part of me thinks that if you, Mm. where we are virtual training, you you, you don't just have it. It's not easy. I, I always think back to like a college class or I'm taking my master's right now. And if we're doing an online class, the most successful ones are the professors who clearly put the time in to prep everything just around the Zoom session or whatever kind of session mm-hmm. it was. And additionally, what I'm also finding super interesting right now is how all of the resources like for TD.org, so that's the Association for Talent Development, LinkedIn Learning or Linda, how they're making things about virtual training and working remotely free right now. They're like, you know what, you guys mm-hmm. need it because most of us were mm-hmm. not prepared to be where we have to be right now. So I'm I'm just looking at the website for ATD, and it just has a lot. And I feel like I'm putting an ad out for them, but it's not. I just really enjoy all the resources that they have, but there's just so much. They have webcasts. They just have articles for people to think about because they know that in our field and in order to improve, they, they need to put out the resources. They can't
0: just make it member only. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there's so many interesting pivots out there, you know, between conferences and TD.org is a great example, LinkedIn Learning. I mean, just something as simple as LinkedIn Learning, you know, putting those resources front and center on the homepage, you know, it's like, hey, you know, are you working remotely? Here's some tools and resources. You know, we did something similar on our company intranet, uh, you know, with with tools and resources. So, it, it can be that simple where it's like, oh, like just somebody following their natural curiosity, you know, for learning. And then they see this very timely and relevant content just front and center. It's like, oh, of course I'm going to click on that. So yeah, people are adapting and, you know, you have to, and anybody that can't or struggles with that, man, I, mean, I, know. I, I feel bad, <laughs> you know, because that's just, that's the world we live in COVID-19 I, or not.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. I can only think of some people who wouldn't, Maybe they're not benefiting or not benefiting, but maybe they're not doing well in this new environment. Like, Mm -hmm. even just like personally, I, if I didn't have, if I didn't work out in the morning and I didn't take my dog for a walk every night, like I think that I would mentally just be struggling every single day. There are people that have to physically Mm -hmm. be in classroom in order for them to feel like they've Mm -hmm. made fulfillment in someone else's life how do you translate that and find that fulfillment when you're doing a session with your laptop now it's just mm, a lot different mm-hmm. it's it changes how people fill their cups up every day now
0: absolutely so speaking of you know all these interesting pivots and the new things that people are doing just out of sheer necessity do you feel like there's anything else particularly interesting happening, whether it's in your world or something you've observed? I mean, you made so many like excellent points about that. Is there anything well, else I think on your mind? A lot of excellent
1: points.
0: <laughs> you do. It's just constant. I'm, I'm like, wow, she's like an excellent points brilliant. fountain. No,
1: I'm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, so because of COVID nineteen, right? Like, I I was thinking about it this morning. Have you ever played The Sims?
0: No actually. I know of it. That makes me I, so I sad for it. you
1: and your entire adolescence. <laughs> but so I feel like it's where I learned about life <laughs> on the sentence. Um but there in the new versions you can give your little sim person a aspiration. Like this is their life goal. You give it I think they can get them as early uh-huh. as like childhood or young adulthood, right? So whenever I did it, it was always oh, they just want a family. They just want a family. But there was other things like they could be a career driver or they're a, um, Casanova was one of them or a a um what else was it or just someone yeah that's <laughs> mine or Stephanie your wife <laughs> um but uh, another one is like you you want to be the life of the party and have all the friends but I always chose the family one just because I was yeah. like oh I can that that that's easy everything else seems hard for me to have to make all the friends and all the things so I feel like because. Of that, I'm looking at my life now as if I'm the person sitting at the laptop and I'm the sim character and COVID-19 has really made me understand like oh my life has always been about family and that's all I do now and now that I'm forced to be home and my husband's home all day and our six-month-old is home all day I've realized man everything else is not as high quality in my life as it used to be like Because I used to, before I even got pregnant or even when I was pregnant, I spent so much time just thinking about how the adult brain works and how people enjoy learning and what we can Mm. do to start pivoting and try to be prepared for the future. Even though, you know, I'm not an innovative thinker. I like to get my hands dirty and get everything done. But, well, it's Mm. just changed for me on what is a priority right now. And I I talked to the designers on our team and some of the trainers and for them it's the same thing too. People that I knew that were on our team that just ran shop and just were so good at getting things done. They are so distracted because priorities have shifted because we can't rely on things like childcare or now your parents are living with you and they're in your face all the time. And it's just it's just very strange to see how when all of our priorities are and all of the things that live in different drawers are now butt up against each other and meeting each other for the first time. We're all seeing what is truly important for some people. And it's interesting to see the dynamic even on our team. I feel like even our manager is realizing like, She's got to take some time away from her laptop and go be with her family. Mm -hmm. So I'm just glad to see that for all of this, part of me is thinking that a lot more people will realize work is wonderful. What you get from work is great. And if that is your life's goal, that is wonderful. But there's also other people who've been trying to fill that gap in with work. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm not making sense, but it's just interesting to see now how other people are juggling everything.
0: Mm. No, you make perfect sense. I mean, being at home all day long, you have to refocus on priorities and what's important to you, you know, at the end of the day, when you're, so what I find is uh, when I'm at home, Like you've stripped out all of this waiting room time, right? All the time spent going places, whether it's commuting to work or even commuting to like a friend's house or, you know, going downtown, like everything has become such a narrow focus and you figure out like, okay, well, now I have to try harder to do certain things that I used to do without thinking about. And also I have so much more time to do it. So what am i going to do to fill in that time am i going to work more or am i going to learn something new or am i going to spend time with my family like we just have this extra chunk of time in a day or a week now and it's like what <laughs> am i going to do with it and right so so it makes total sense um you know as far as choosing priorities and and what i want to do uh, that's a really th- oh, I, I would
1: Um, I just want to point out that's a really good point because I realize now and I forgot about this I would listen to my podcast about learning while I was on the train which was a 45 minute commute to and from so like that was at least three days a week of an hour and a half uh, of me just absorbing new content for my career I've completely cut that out because I've only ever did that on the train wow that's a really Mm
0: -hmm. good insight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome. So, where are we going from here? Where, where do you? So, let's imagine COVID is over or whatever the lasting effects may be. Uh, are we working from home more often? I, you know, that's where I think all this is going. At the end of the day, like if I had to put on my future predicting hat and, you know, given the context and the environment of everything that's going on right now, I think that after all is said and done, we're actually allowed to go back out into the world and hug our friends and family, (laughs) you know, uh, and hug our coworkers even, right? Um, Are we going to be working from home more often, 100% of the time, uh, just as a general society or population? Like, what what do you think? two things,
1: right? When all of this started, so my husband works from home 100%. He's 100% remote, never has to go into Mm -hmm. any office. He never really has to travel his one coworker said, I hope the rest of the world does not screw this up for us (laughs) because they just are so efficient (laughs) at working from home. And when I was super pregnant and only going into the office like one or two days a week, I was forced to have to stay home and work from home. I didn't realize how efficient life could be if I did not have to commute, if I didn't have to go and have those water cooler conversations that I just genuinely enjoy because I love my coworkers. But now that I don't have to do that. Wow. I think it's so much done, but I I absolutely agree. I think there is going to be so many more companies and organizations that just remember this and say, why do we have to spend money on buildings when we can have people Mm. work in their own building that they're paying mortgages on and it's i was even thinking about how this is going to make places like comcast and verizon have to really step up their game and provide um faster internet for people because this is how it's going to be for adults and interestingly kids too because they're all home they're remotely Mm. learning and i've seen a lot of things that say don't think that you have to teach your kids for eight straight hours, like teach them 30 Mm. minute segments and give them time to play or eat or take a break because that's how they do it in school anyway. So it Mm -hmm. flip side for L and D I wonder what that is like for everybody right now who is being forced to facilitate. Are they working the full, eight hours in front of a Zoom session and exhausting themselves at the end of the day? Or do they feel like they're able to give them more breaks? And are the participants feeling like I'm getting more out of this? I'm wondering, I can't wait to see all the data and all of the metrics about that to see if they had more time to just go make a lunch. And did they come back to work feeling, you know what, like, I ate a really great lunch or I called the car inspection place because I was able to do that instead of worrying about it while they're actually in that physical classroom.
0: You just pondered and and thought about (laughs) so many different points that I fully agree with. And I'm just like, so excited to see what the shift is, right? Like kids need time to learn and to then digest and go wander off and play and you know do that do we start to bring some of that into the corporate lnd space right so just exactly like you said do we facilitate uh, a virtual training session for an hour and then say go play go do whatever you want for half an hour you know <laughs> and then like come back meet us up back here and then we're going to just hang out and chat for 10 minutes and then we're going to get back into the learning like maybe it's not Uh, the uh, as much quantity of learning like actual minutes staring at a screen learning and we start to shift it into this you know what it's maybe you know 20% less time staring at a screen but they're retaining more and they're actually learning more and they're digesting it in a more robust way Uh, I think that's gonna be really interesting I think it's gonna be interesting like you said to look at the data and the metrics because right now or at least you know, 2019, all the, the latest data that we were collecting, as far as what are learner preferences for, for how to learn, most of them say in the classroom, you know, to this day, even with all of the amazing digital learning tools, e-learning tools, you know, job aids, things like that, like they people like sitting in a classroom. And I'm really interested to see in 2021, what their preferences become, or how they change. And, you know, I don't think I just don't see a world where nothing changes after this. (laughs) You know, I I really
1: don't. I often, I Um, I wonder, looking back on that now, because I remember doing that research with you about if they preferred virtual over ILT, is it because that's what they were comfortable with? Like, oh, customarily, you were born, four years later, you went into a classroom (laughs) and that is always how you've learned. But now that you're, not in a physical classroom you're in your comfy clothes at home with your laptop sitting on your lap and you're eating ribs while no one's judging you (laughs) like is this is this the way to go now I, I, I absolutely feel like because everyone is being forced to do this which I'm very excited about like forced learning at home this is absolutely gonna shift our learning and development world everything in my opinion is going to be more geared towards virtual learning because companies are realizing yes we can absolutely do it it was a struggle zoom is not doing well right now or um skype may not be the best tool for it but it's 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 going to be incredibly amazing to see what happens after all of this because I'm looking forward to working from home more. I think a lot of our team members, if they're Same. me, like me and you, or someone who's super flexible, they want to work from home more because they know that instead of talking 20 minutes at the coffee maker with their coworker that they don't see that often, and that if they didn't see them, their life wouldn't be over. Instead of those 20 minutes of talking to that person, they can spend 20 minutes just doing their laundry and not having to worry about it on a Saturday or Sunday when they should be relaxed and taking time to themselves. And then on Monday, they can be fully back into the office virtually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it's going to surprise the heck out of us where we all end up as a society and what the the sort of business cultural norms become. But I think where the real, the real interesting thing is going to be is How do you balance the fact that, you know, we're all working from home more with forming relationships at work in person, it's very easy to do that you naturally kind of find your people right you just kind of tell from the energy and the the kind of side conversations you have in meetings, you know, it becomes so much harder over the Internet to figure to find your people, you know. Although people do it all the time. People, you know, you know, do like Twitter meetups and stuff like that because they figured out like who mm-hmm. they jive with, right? But but you really need to have solid relationships I think to to truly get things done. Um, you can be a hard worker and a good worker and skilled worker, but if you don't have people alongside you to get things done, it's 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 hard. Um, or and at least it's not as fun, you know. I you, you don't look as much forward to starting your day if you don't feel like you're you know in with the people um and so i think that's for me where i'm most interested in like how are we going to strike that balance between relationship building and productivity and you know how do we still collaborate virtually and and have those relationships like we would you know, literally like the water cooler conversations, you know, where you're passing by somebody in the hallway that you don't normally work with. But now, you know, you're virtual that never happens. And so you can't have that kind of magic that happens when you run into somebody and learn about what they do. And you're like, Oh, that's how it applies. Oh, I understand how it applies to what I do. And we should talk and and do something new and and interesting. That is going to be so challenging virtually. But we're humans and we're really good (laughs) at figuring out how to bring things into a virtual space. I I just think that we haven't even gotten there yet. Um, We haven't needed to get there yet. And now we're being forced to get there. And so what is it going to look like? You know, what are these, what are these surprise, you know, happenstance, like, bumping into you know in the hallway like what is that going to look like virtually I'm I'm very excited you know,
1: I absolutely I didn't even think of that that's a really good point those water cooler conversations are super important in building alliances with your coworkers yeah. and your people who you don't even work with that often I think that just being on the same floor as some uh some of our coworkers yeah. that was that that was beneficial because I knew who Beth was and what she did and what she looked like and when I send emails to her Mm -hmm. I can send jokes and I feel like I'm uh, right giving her a like we're we're bonding briefly over an email but now that we're all taken away I've honestly forgotten where who was on our floor if they were not in our department if I do not interact with them every day Right. right now I've completely forgot about these people
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the floor example is a, is a great, is a great one, right? Because, you know, you sat maybe, I don't know, a hundred feet away, but you know, there's elevators between us and our, our desks, but then I, it was in proximity to all these different departments. I sat much closer to them. So I got to know some of the team members on knowledge management and client setup, and, you know, all these different things. And then like you were closer to like the data people. So I, you know, You just you're literally able to walk around on your floor and see people day after day after day. You naturally just end up chatting with them, you know, not all of them, but many of them. And so I began to form relationships with some of those people that, you know, handle the data or are on knowledge management or on client setup. And I got to learn about what they do and they learned about what I do and we would end up collaborating down the line. And so how do we recreate (laughs) That floor scenario, you know, and then I would come over and chat with you and and Tom and, and our yeah. and our buddies, you know. If you didn't come um, over and aggressively say we had to be friends, we probably wouldn't be where we are right now. That's right. So how how do we do it? How do we do it virtually? I can't just show up at your house; that'd be creepy. <laughs> but Show up at your desk, and that's less creepy. So there's got to be a middle ground, you know. I can't wait to see what they do with that. And that's what we got to find. I
1: can't. I can't wait.
0: That's going to be interesting. Same. Even
1: doing like zoom happy hours or I just did a full Mm -hmm. FaceTime with my family on Sunday and it it was nice and it was nice to like joke with my family again but it wasn't the same and like having that physical dynamic where we can pay attention to one another's body language or (laughs) have private side conversations where we make each other laugh or even in work where you're just collaborating and you're talking and it might not even be about work, but you're just learning something about the other person. How are we going to translate that? Mm-hmm. That's going to be super interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, just to tell you, my because like, I told you earlier, Aaron, my husband, he works from home 100%. It took him a very long time for him to find his people at work. And he mm-hmm. has one person. Mm-hmm. That's the person he works with daily. And it wasn't until he had a work trip where he had to go and physically meet every single person, did he really find that he's found his little comfort zone at work? He's worked there for five years, and that work trip was last year. Like, it's t- it taken him that long. So that's a good point. I, I'm not sure how we can do this 100% remotely, because people still need those working relationships or that people aspect.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we'll end up, but it's going to be interesting. And it's going to happen a lot more naturally than I think we even realize. It's just going to like, it's like, oh, all these tools that we've incorporated already is just naturally happens. Like, oh, we need that. Oh, we need this. You know, <laughs> like and it's just, we folded it in, you know, to our, our general, you know, workflow. Practices. I wonder
1: which future it's yeah. going to be. Is it going to be one of the Black Mirror episodes? <laughs> Is it going to be like Wally where everyone just lays down, and they're just being given content, and they're just all getting fat, and the robots take care of us? Is it going to be just some sort of in-between of all of these things?
0: I feel like we're already in a Black Mirror episode. I hope that we... <laughs> We uh we shift away from that in 2021. 2020 is not starting out uh, uh good with good auspices. Uh it's we'll see, maybe we could turn it around, you know. There's that uh oh what is that defaulting to the mean? Have you heard this? So basically like uh there's kind of a general homeostasis, right? So you can think of it as like the zero line. And then um, if you go really far away, like think of like a chart, right? If you go really far away from it, you tend to just come back to that zero line. If you go really far below it, you still end up increasing and coming mm-hmm. back to that zero line, you know? And uh, I'm hoping that we're just in a dip right now. <laughs> and we end up just, it's all uphill from here, you know? Um, we'll see, we'll see. But thank you so much for, for taking the time out. I, I lo- have loved this conversation. I've learned so much about you and um yeah, I'll probably chat you in <laughs> 10 minutes about a work This was thing.
1: fun. I'm I I appreciate thinking again cuz you you've always helped me think about the future with the with L&D with our just our department itself cuz I've always just been day to day Let's get the work done. Someone else t- think deeply for me. So I-, I always appreciated when you made me think about other things because I forget. I do have thoughts. I just never think about them at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, back at you. Yin and yang for sure. I mean, it, like it, the way that our brains work when we're in a conference room and whiteboarding is like so epic. Like I just have to all these like crazy – Ideas and that, and you're just like, What about this? What about this? I'm like, Oh my god, you're right? It's so you funny <laughs> that
1: last year, the last three months, I was out on maternity leave, and you would text me, I think, once a week, like, Nobody whiteboards with me, I can't wait until you come back. And 2020, it's I came true. back, it took me a couple months to like get my footing back, and then coronavirus hit, and I don't think we had any whiteboard yeah. sessions
0: this year. Oh, that is so sad. And how do we do that. that? Let's
1: do it virtually.
0: I feel like we've done it verbally right that's now. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, we just need to I set know. aside and time. I know, and that's another it.
1: part that's hard. Yeah. Like, if, like, mean like having these things where I feel like we're we're both learning, we're both growing, and we're benefiting our organization because we're starting to think deeper about everything. Like, we should really be putting, and not just yeah. podcasts, but like we should be putting down time once a week where we're asking each other questions about what L&D is going to, that'll be the podcast. Us just talking and forcing ourselves to think about all of these things together. This, these are our whiteboard sessions. This is yes.
0: perfect. Yes. I love it. I love it. Kate Loesch, thank you so much. You're amazing. You're my work buddy. It's this it's is... just beautiful. Thank You're you for your time. Thank, thank you, you
1: Sheets, for asking me and reminding me that I'm an adult human and I have opinions and thoughts and I'm not just a mom (laughs) who is
0: wiping a butt all day long (laughs) (laughs) look anything anything I can do to help I'm here all right right, thank you you so much